Hey, Dina here. Hope you're enjoying the Thrive College podcast. If you are a young leader wanting to maximize the potential that God has given you, I hope you will check out Thrive College. We give you access to influential leaders, deep discipleship, and university education. We are now taking applications for this fall's incoming class. And need to let you know, the application deadline is actually April 1st, and it's free to apply. So go to mythrivecollege.com and click on the apply button. The 15 minutes it takes you to apply could be the greatest investment you make in your faith and your future. We hope you fill out an app. Let's dive in. Most people settle because they don't know how to maximize the potential that God has given them. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast, where we help young leaders navigate the challenges and opportunities of their future and faith. Each episode, we'll be giving the mic to young leaders to ask tough questions to some of the world's most influential voices. We're excited you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast. I'm Dina Davidson, host of the podcast and discipleship director of Thrive College. We have a two a couple of students that are quite amazing. Hello. But Hi. first, yes. the hello was the Mark Clark. Oh, the. Okay. The, yeah, 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 that's my favorite way to introduce okay. people. Uh, it is a bit of a weird name. I don't know why my parents called me Mark Clark. It rhymes. It's I, ridiculous in every way. They knew you were going to be a speaker yeah. maybe in some part yeah. of their soul. And yeah, so they're like, maybe. ah, give him a catchy name. People yeah, can remember like that a one. Cartoon character <laughs> in my brain. Anyways, Perfect. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. A little bit about you, Mark. You are the newest addition to our pastoral team mm-hmm. at Bayside Granite mm-hmm. Bay, senior campus pastor, one of our brilliant communicators. <laughs> you just laughed. Brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. No, no. It's okay. Word, Kurt guys. said, hey, you have to say that about yeah. Mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in addition to that, you um, before you came to Bayside, you planted an incredible church in Vancouver mm-hmm. that was just known for reaching people that are far from God. Mm-hmm. You have a wife who we love. She's mm-hmm. been hanging out at the Unleashed Conference and She's three fun. gorgeous daughters. Yes. Well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we'll see her doing. I almost forgot. You are the author of two excellent books. Almost forgot. Almost <laughs> forgot. I yes, did. Yes, this yes. is a really important thing for people to know, though. You wrote The Problem of God and The yep. Problem of Jesus. Yes. Here's how I would describe Sorry. those books. Mm-hmm. Mark did not pay me to say this. This is not endorsed by Mark. But honestly, I feel like every generation has someone who not just gives the right answers, but understands the right way to ask the questions. They know how to frame the questions in a way that the secular mindset just says, yes, that is what I'm asking about God and the Christian faith. And for me, when I read The Problem of God, I was like, it's Mark. Cool. Mark's well, the voice thanks. for the generation. I appreciate that. Thank you. You got I it. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So we have two amazing students, as I said. Malachi, why don't you go ahead and... Sorry, Lizette. Oh, I know you said right. hi. Uh, yes. We'll go with Lisette first. So- sorry, Malachi. All good, all good, all good. It's okay. Says, oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're right. I was no, going no, out of no, order. Right, right. Lizette, go um, ahead and introduce hi, yourself. Hi, my name's Lisette. Um, I am a Thrive College student hmm. here, and I get to intern with groups, Little do a little bit of everything. But uh, one day, I hope to just make a huge impact for Jesus, whether that's in the ministry of a church or outside of those walls. But yeah, trying to figure it out, but love to be a mother one day or... Yeah, oh, something like that. Mm. And a, a fantastic prayer. Oh. An yes. unbelievable prayer. Oh, like just yes. slays the game. Yeah. That's so, so true. Yeah. We have a whole uh, <laughs> preaching sermon prep process. And I feel like, Lizette, we call on you all the time to pray. We're just like, we just right, need yeah. Jesus in this meeting. Lizette, I pulled her up pray on for stage us. to pray oh. in front of the church last night. Oh, she didn't no know way. I blacked out. I honestly don't remember any of that. She was backstage like... 
get up here. And she's like, good, 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 good. I'm going to do what? Mark, you can learn from me. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. Okay. Finally, you were so patient. Malachi, please introduce yourself. My name is Malachi, and I'm in the production internship. Just And in the future, I hope to be, I just have a lot of dreams. So one of them being impact the world somehow, some way. Great. Yeah. So Gifted communicator. And uh, he's actually runs all things podcast. So, uh, yeah, if the audio is terrible on this, <laughs> it's, it's Malachi is on the wrong side of the mic. Yeah. But we're stoked to have you because he's also a brilliant mind. And he's got some great questions. Rapid fire questions for you, Mark. Okay. Where were you born? Where do you live now? And tell us one thing from your youth you want more people to know. Uh, Toronto. Uh, now I live in Sacramento. I lived in Vancouver for 18 years between those two. Uh, something from my youth. Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to blank. I don't know. That, that people should know. Well, I, you know, the, we're talking about the book, Skeptic. You know, skeptic book. Uh, it came out of a, a family of skeptics. So my dad was, I tell the story in the book pretty early. My dad was such a skeptic that he, he, he they were going to name my brother Matthew. And he didn't want them to spell his name with two T's because then it would be the Bible way of spelling it. So they spelled it with one T. So literally my brother's <laughs> name is Matthew with one T. And then four years later, <laughs> they had me Mark. and named me Mark. So clearly <laughs> this guy had never read a Bible yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, if I had another brother, he'd be like, Luke, I think Luke's a good name. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that, that was interesting that, you know, I come to yeah. Christ when I'm seven and uh, walking to church when I'm 19 and anyway so the book The Problem of God kind of comes out of a bunch of questions I had growing up as a skeptic and how to answer them so, yeah. and when did you launch uh, Village Church? Uh, 2010 okay Yeah. so how old were you? Uh, I was 29 when we launched at 27 when I got the 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 idea, the call to okay. do it. That's it a crazy a short kind of time. Remo- yeah. Between yeah. Becoming, becoming a Christian and then launching this Right? Crazy it it awesome shouldn't have worked. Church. It doesn't make any sense. Awesome. Why Why would God bless that? Like, yeah. Yeah, let's wait till he's 40 and has a couple kids <laughs> and shows himself to be a proper yeah. elder of the Lord, you know, whatever. And it's like, <laughs> that's oh, not the way. 27 year old missionary just yelling at people with the Bible in his yeah. hands. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. For anyone who's listening, hey, maybe don't wait until it seems like it's the safe. Hey, of course, yeah. God's, you know, made me ready. 100%. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, Love that's it. what I was just talking about in the in the conference. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you spoke at our Unleashed conference on yeah. Proverbs. Yeah, Love Fire. it. Listening to God. So at the Thrive College podcast, we always love to pass the mic to our young leaders so they can cool. ask their questions. So I did ladies first last time. I just got to check it with Lizette. Yeah. Is it okay if we do Malachi, Malachi first this time? Yeah. Oh, thank okay. you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Malachi. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. From Canada to America, is there a difference in like? trust in god and like questions that come out of that because like i don't know is there just like a divide in questions and theological sure, questions yeah it's a great question the, the cultural differences are huge um mm-hmm. i mean we're a border away uh yeah. but we're probably they, they usually say that canada is probably about a generation or two ahead of the u.s in regard to secularization mm-hmm. so stuff that i find people wrestling with down here that was like 20, 30 years ago in Canada. So yeah, wow. I'm not talking oh, about wow. that anymore. So we're more we're similar to Europe in the sense of like secularization culturally, um, removal of church and state. You know, all, like I, I, I like the joke. There's a five dollar bill in Canada, and on it there's a, a hockey rink and a kid playing hockey. In a very small print, it says, uh, "I lived my childhood in three places: the schoolhouse, the 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 hockey rink, and the church." But the most important of the three was the hockey ring. <gasps> it says that. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. so literally. Oh on my our gosh, curtain, that's so we're crazy. We're like in God we trust. We're, we're like, like in God, God we trust. Yeah, yeah. And so, hockey. <laughs> so, 
So you're talking wow, to people who crazy. are like just culturally like there's no, there's no like I grew up in a home. Take my home as a microcosm. Like there's no you know that stupid term creaster where people come to church at Christmas right. and Easter. Yeah. Uh, not even that. Like mm. I that, that is not built into the fabric of the culture of Canada anymore. It was like 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, especially in Quebec, if you start looking at French, uh, French Canada, it's a vastly different thing. Very high Catholicism, Anglican. Uh, but yeah, it's it's gone. And so coming down here, there's like a cultural piece where you know Christmas Eve, you know we got, you know the church grows by four, four or five times. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, it's incredible. So, anyways, so so definitely differences there. Def- mm-hmm. Differences politically. Differences, yeah, theologically. I think there's just some people kind of asking uh, some different questions, but. On the flip side, people are people. So mm-hmm. when I'm writing the problem of God, it's you know it's answering yeah. mm-hmm. those top ten. You know, so whether you're in Toronto or whether you're in New York City, people are going to say evil and suffering. Mm-hmm. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. Hell, yeah. exclusivity, hypocrisy. You know, the right. church is hypocritical. I don't want to be. You know, the right. sex question, the science question, the, all mm-hmm. these. So it's like in that sense, whether you're in Europe or you know, whatever, there's some human questions that I think rise to the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so. So, so a yes and no answer. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Do you think America could go down that path, or it is yeah, already? I, I definitely. Yeah, I like to say when I'm speaking uh, in on you know the stage at, in in the U.S. I like to say you know I come to you from the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's where culture is probably going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, but you know, Rodney Stark, who's a sociologist, years ago he wrote, and this is where I'm kind of hopeful. He said. The rise of secularization in a culture doesn't necessarily mean the end of religion. Mm. It means the the, um, the the basically it stimulates. It doesn't kill religion. It stimulates innovation. Mm. Uh, meaning we have to. It's almost like an uh, an economic metaphor. It's like when when uh, a certain business or whatever starts to collapse, people start to think. N- about new things and then 10 new businesses arise out of mm. that because you had to solve a problem. Right. Yeah. So it's not going to kill Christianity. It's just, it might drive it underground. Mm. It might innovate us to go, how do you reach people online or yeah. not in the way that we have been? And so the hope of it is it could just stimulate innovative ways to do Christianity instead of kill religion, mm. which wow, is, I think, could be the thing. I think that's so hopeful. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like a lot of times I kind of, I read articles and it's like doom and gloom and like the secularization of society and all these churches are dying. And it's like, what generation am I living in that this is happening on my watch? But I'm hopeful from what you just said that, you know, if a church like Village can flourish and thrive and people can come to know the Lord Mm -hmm. in the future of Mm -hmm. where we're heading, well, then we can innovate just like you're saying. And I think that's a charge to you guys, especially Mm -hmm. as the younger generation to not just look at the way that the Marks of the world and the Dinas of the world are leading the church, Mm -hmm. but to say, hey, this is how I think we should do church so that we can actually reach people that no one is reaching. Mm -hmm. Right. So good. good. All right. Lizette. Yeah, on my end. Okay, so I have a really deep theological question, so I don't know if you're ready for this. Uh, this is, what is your favorite color? <laughs> that was that was not my question. Blue. Yeah. Oh, it's blue. Okay. Blue? That's a good color. That's a good color. What is it? No, that was actually not my question. I mean, I still wanted to know that, but uh, that's good. So you said that you kind of came to the Lord um, when you were 17, and obviously... You're a skeptic, you know, had many challenges within that. But was there a point in your life where it was kind of like your faith was tested and challenged 
and you kind of came to a turning point and you had to either choose God or choose the way of the world in a sense mm. and like what got you through that past mm. that point uh yeah great question and totally like my whole testimony is or my whole story is that um you know parents got divorced when I'm seven or eight I developed Tourette's syndrome and obsessive compulsive disorder when I'm like nine which means I swear and do random ticks and habits uh which is not a way to be cool in high school um my dad dies when I'm 15 of uh, lung cancer never calls us to tell us he's dying so it's like okay what, what's the deal abandonment you know uh um, so I come to faith, you know, out of that world, I have all non-Christian friends. So now the challenge is, and I've lived a non-Christian lifestyle. So now it's like, okay, how do I, how does God start to actually transform, you know, not what I, and I just, lo I love to say this, that the beautiful thing about the gospel is that not, it doesn't transform what you do. It transforms what you want to do. Mm. Wow. It, it gets inside and actually changes your affections for stuff yeah. versus just, okay, now I'm going to be a good Christian boy who, you know, doesn't do these things. Mm. So I was two years of just reading the Bible and telling people about Jesus before I ever walked into a church uh, mm. and, and, and learned that half of the stuff I was doing was wrong. Like I was baptized. Like I remember this one night. I woke up to these bunch of dudes. So I had all these friends. Uh, these guys are hammered. I'm telling them about Jesus. This woman's out on her porch. I'm telling her about Jesus. This other group of guys, I'm telling them about Jesus. And they're like, hey, let's baptize. So I go down to the Lake Ontario. It's 2 in the morning. I'm baptizing these guys. This is two years before I'm even baptized. So this is just bad <laughs> ecclesiology and bad theology. you know. Um, and so you know, it's just that raw kind of thing. And then I came to the church and started realizing, oh, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think my faith was kind of born out of kind of a crucible of a whole bunch of stuff, mm. thinking, worldview stuff. You know, I was sitting around with friends, you know, smoking weed and hanging out in the, you know, hot box in the garage one night. And three weeks later, I'm a Christian. I'm back in there mm. defending Christianity, yeah. mm. you know, you know, still a little high because they got the garage <laughs> closed. But now I got to tell them about Jesus. And uh, that was my whole. So. I think I, I think you know my whole mission in life, whether it's writing or preaching or leading a church or whatever, it's like born out of how do I? I'm still I'm trying I'm still trying to reach them, mm. that garage, mm. my wow. family, who think I you know lead a cult, and you know and I'm like what are you talking about? And they say what did you do this Sunday? Well, I drank the blood and ate the body <laughs> of a dead man. I can see what you're saying, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they show up for my baptism, and I got this big white sheet on, oh right? My God. Um, and so, yeah, I think just a lot of my faith is kind of born out of that. How do I answer those big questions? Why did my dad die? And from what all I know, doesn't know Jesus. And um, why did, you know, it, it's all of those uh, questions that, you know, searching the scriptures and thinking on the cross and resurrection of Jesus have, have come to, you know, somewhat answer to some mm. rational view as far yeah. as you can, I guess. Yeah. So you say it's it was more like a journey of like your lifelong journey versus like a moment that you remember, mm. you know, sitting in your room. You mean you mean my conversion? Because I did have a moment of conversion, but you're just talking about in general, yeah, like yeah. faith and how it got developed. Just, yeah, yeah, I think it's just constant. It's mm. it's always shifting and changing. You're always like, oh yeah, how do I, how does that change it? How does that fit in? And what did mm. that event do? And we're just we're just constantly kind of, uh, you know, our our. Faith is kind of a live thing, and it's like mm. it has certain content that's like foundational, and then it it just constantly grows. Yeah, in its content, and um, yeah, so that's good. Yeah, so, so good. good. Thanks. What are you currently thinking and writing about? Hmm. 
Uh, okay, great question. I'm writing a book right now on, uh, so the, the easiest elevator pitch would be, if the problem of God and the problem of Jesus are about God, this one, the third one's about us. Okay. And so it's like, you know, truth, goodness, beauty as the three branches of proving God, kind of the aesthetical argument. Yeah. That's the book I'm writing okay. right now. So it's like the soul, it's, yeah. it's beauty, Weight, weight, you know, the, the weight of glory type mm -hmm. stuff. C.S. Lewis, you know, we, why, why do we have this longing for a world we've never actually been a part of? Why, news right. from a country we've never been to, a song we've never, you know, yeah. all that. I'm writing a whole book on that. Wow. What is that? What is that? That's because you were actually built for another world, that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, so I'm doing a lot of thinking, kind of anthropology almost, but not like, Try not to be boring, like, mm. we were Homo sapiens and Homo erectus, <laughs> 10,000 BC. Like, there's some of that in there, but it's more right. like, let's get to the soul stuff. Let's get to, what you know, so mm. the first couple of chat, like, a lot of thinking around humankind, you know, and obviously this discussion now coming out about, like, what does it mean to be human personhood theory? Right. Are you, are, does your body have any hint toward your identity or not? Is it just yeah. what you feel? feel is it just your affections that get to define your identity or does the physical world ever get to hint toward mm. you know all of that wow is the first couple of chat you know some stuff in there because you got to deal with creation when you're dealing with us what right. is Genesis one two three about what is it the point of it um and then getting into you know the problem of the soul the problem of joy the problem of eternity the problem of the mind the problem you know yeah. a bunch of problems so, <laughs> so it's the, it's the third problem, yeah, problem and it's going to be the, the I'm going to be done now. it's my trilogy okay there you go trilogy right okay so I'm going to be done with the problem I don't know some people start trilogy yeah. go on to ten it can yeah. just be gateway yeah. no okay so anyway just that's what I'm <laughs> reading and writing about the solution right. problems are going to come out there's three books on the problem three books on solutions love it like the problem of life or something so Okay. Try to be like an all-encompassing, like, mm. what is all this? What is this human experience? Yeah. And what is it meant for? Just the deepest question everyone's asking. Yeah, no big no, deal. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, something really I think about on a Tuesday. Yeah, MBD, yeah I think so. No uh, I'm not the one to ask. The elevator is 40 stories. I love it. Okay. So our last question that we always ask before we get there, if people want to access your sermons, listen to pre you preach, how can they find you? Uh, the Bayside uh, YouTube sermon podcast and <laughs> YouTube. I preach um, two, twice a month, I think, 50% of the time yeah. at the Granite Bay campus and then around, like I'm preaching the Blue Oak campus this weekend. And, you know, so around a little bit, but that would be the main the main Love way it. to do that. Also, yeah. the Village Archives. The Villa, uh, Village Church Archives, Village Church BC, Village Church Mark Clark, and that's got that's got 12 years of, of stuff. Well, I don't know if they're deleting them as the time <laughs> goes by, and they need to, like, <laughs> free up bed. the... Yeah, yeah, free up the... <laughs> you know, the space on the servers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you can go back to 2012, but yeah. uh, there's a bunch of years of stuff on there. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. so good. Okay. Last question we always ask on the podcast. What's the one thing you want to say to a young Christian leader? Hmm. Uh, man, so many things. I mean, character, key. I uh, got it. You know, my friend Carrie Newhoff always says character, you know, competency will get you in the room. Character will keep you there. Uh, I think that's really important in an age like ours where it's like, you know, go after influence and whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but if you go after influence in some ways, if you're not built for uh, the lights or the stage or the, the attention, mm -hmm. um, it'll shrivel your soul. And then you'll end up making mistakes that will, you know, disqualify you, mm -hmm. yeah. unfortunately. So if the character is intact and you're living for something more than that, then uh, that's going to be key. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then God, like, I just love being a gospel Bible guy and just going, like, just just trust the God. Like, trust the, like, we're talking about the old school, like, sin's a thing, Jesus' atonement, you know, that old school kind of gospel stuff. I think it's, you just got to hold on to that and trust it. Right? Romans yeah. 1, right? It's the power of God and the salvation. The only thing we've got is the gospel. That's the thing that's mm-hmm. going to actually change people versus, like, hey, look at me and my dee 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 dee. I'm going to entertain everyone. Look at me juggle. Look at me, the helicopter comes mm-hmm. in through the roof and we're wrestling a tiger and everybody come and see. And it's like that stuff doesn't last, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so how do you how do you actually just uh, you know just look at people and go look? This is the deal, uh, you know. It's it's the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. Uh, every sermon, every leadership thing, everything you're doing, it's like just gospel centered from beginning to end. I think if you hold on to that, you know, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. Yeah. All right, we've talked a lot in this episode about people that uh, really Mark's own journey of not knowing Christ and then coming to know Christ. If you know someone who has got the opposite story, they know Christ, they've walked in the faith, and yet somehow they've started to deconstruct their faith, we do want to end this episode by telling you about an amazing resource that we developed for you at Thrive College. We sat down with Dr. John Marriott. He has a literal Mm. doctorate (laughs) in people, why people deconvert from Christianity to atheism. Mm. We sat down and we just asked the question, how can we help our friends who are deconstructing their faith? So if you know someone who is not on their journey towards faith, but is on a journey away from the faith, then please go to mythrivecollege.com slash deconstruct, access that resource and help your friends. With that, I want to thank you so much, Mark, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, guys. It's great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Thrive College Podcast. We hope that today's episode has empowered you to navigate the challenges and the opportunities of your future and your faith. If you really enjoyed our conversation today and appreciated what we had to offer, we would love for you to write a five-star written review and share it with your friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.